I'm wearing underwear today. Oh, God, it is the worst. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Well, I should say I've done it twice. And I don't do it again. Proud of you. (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gents. We're back with another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast streaming live on Digital Stream Radio, where you can access that live stream every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can do so by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. On today's show, we're going to welcome J.P. Dear Bogosian. I think I said it right. He's the host of This Queer Book Saved My Life, a podcast podcast that interviews guests from across the LGBTQ rainbow about queer books that saved their lives. He's going to join us on the second half of the show. My name is Tom and I'm your host and as always I'm in the studio with these amazing people starting with this first one over here. Hey y'all, Nick or Trish and Jay Bear aka your boyfriend's boyfriend. We need to make sure that at some point we that meet, aka we, meet, we need to meet the boyfriend's boyfriend. The boyfriend's boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> We've met a few actually. Is he real? I don't know. Oh, we'll need to find out at some point. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> welcome back. It's our second official show on a Wednesday, and it's been crazy. It's very hard to get used to doing something uh, new when you've been doing something so consistently for six years. Mm-hmm. I am a hot mess on a Wednesday. <laughs> I never realized that. Well, me too. I mean, I, so I work from home most Mondays, and so it's easy for me to – it was easier for me to kind of like transition and come over at a decent hour and make sure that I was prepped and ready. And now it's like I'm in the office. It's like 445. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to go. And New Haven traffic trying to get onto the highway. Oh, and, then the, and then the 95 crawl. It's, yes. it's the worst. And, and meaning uh, when he says decent time, he means 5 p.m. <laughs> That's not <Yeah>. true. <laughs> I used to... Am I lying? No. 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 no I mean, lately. Yeah. <laughs> lately. Last two weeks. But normally I'm here by like three. Um, yeah. No. For the, for the most part. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Unless so, I have a board meeting. I just wanted to mess with you. you yeah, know, well, I enjoy messing with you. So I told Jay earlier um, yesterday I had a work event and I was there until about six o'clock. And I get my car and I'm driving home and I'm like, fuck, I have to be at Tom's. <laughs> but yesterday was Tuesday. I know. But that's, that's what I'm telling you. So like, disoriented. We're, we're just trying to like getting well, into the rhythm. It was, it was us on Monday. That was that whole thing. I, I need my fix. I was so off. I, I feel know. so off on it, Monday. It's, it's, it's a weird it's, feeling, it's, but hopefully, hey, you never know. We'll we, get over it. Maybe a year from now, we might go back to a Monday schedule. Who knows? But the point is, we have a commitment to do the show. We're, we have a commitment to ensure that we're here weekly. We do take some weeks off. Off, and that's okay um but you know in the end uh we we're sticking to to what we love to do right and that's important how are you jay good not bad all is well in the land of Oz. all is well did you get rid of um you know your feeling of missing something on mondays uh <laughs> still working on it I'm but still working on it but yeah it was it, i don't know it, for me it, i you know when you get into a routine for me as always don't forget the laptop that was like my main thing <sighs> It was my reminder for months, and then every Monday, it's like, okay, grab the laptop, make sure I don't forget it. And every Monday, I still grab the laptop, and (laughs) as I'm getting ready to leave my room, my laptop on one side. Do you use it at home? 
No, <laughs> I only leave use it, it here. here. But the time, the one time I did leave it here, I ended up needing it. <laughs> yeah. See, that's when you so, get an iPad. Yeah, but you you got to get something. Actually, mobile. I still have uh, my Gen One iPad. <laughs> I, my mother has my Gen 1 iPad, believe it or not. Wow. That shit's a dinosaur. <laughs> it charges with a bird walking on a treadmill. That shit's old. <laughs> so I, I want to, um, you know, make it a point to ensure that we talk about the fact that um, Trish deserves. She's confused, but we'll clarify. She booked a guest. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what did so, I do? What did I forget? No, and I'm excited. So I, I took an opportunity today um, while I was at work and I was doing, you know, banging out some stuff uh, to listen um, to his name? Some, of, some of the episodes on the show. Um, and then also a recap of their seasons. because, And we'll ask a little bit more about this to get details. Uh, but it sounds like they're doing um, so. It's seasonal. Uh, it's seasonal podcasting. So they're doing seasons, and so they drop season one. Season two comes out in October, and but in the recap of you know what they felt like that season went like, they were talking, and um, you know JP actually disclosed that his producer is actually his partner, one of his partners, because he's Polly, and so. I'm interested. I want to know. I want to know all about the, you know, the podcast, the dynamics of it, how the concept came up. But I'm also interested in this whole, you know, trifecta. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the concept of the podcast is amazing. You Brilliant. Know, you know me. Brilliant. I, I mean, I'm for running a out of queer books to read. <laughs> uh, I know his his whole thing. I, I think that you probably should be a guest on their show for yeah, season no, two. I, I definitely think that. I probably should, but it would be hard for me to choose um, what queer book saved my life. Um, I don't know. I mean, you always liked um, what was that? The podcaster's name, that, Dan Savage. Dan Savage, and I think that you know he's got some published works, but you were more so into the podcast, and you did say that you know you listened to him mm-hmm. a lot and. And, and stuff like that. So um, that could be a possibility. But I mean, there's a lot of things. You're an avid reader. You're not like me. I take naps for decades yeah. before I read another book. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Because you read a lot. Well, I mean, by read, Audible. I listen to a lot of books. Right. And, and that's okay. I did uh, read a book, though, when I was in Florida, but it wasn't a gay book. What kind of book was that? Wow. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. She's diversifying her, her mm-hmm. portfolio. Portfolio. No, it's called If the Buddha Got Stuck. If the Buddha Got Stuck. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to call it a self-help book. Okay. But it's a life, um, uh, basically like in your life, if you ever feel like you get stuck, like how do you make your way through it? Right. And it also, it comes with more of this like Eastern... Um, Buddhist type concept, um, and it—it's not that I'm stuck in my life, but okay. I think that, like in general, I'm at a place where I'm starting to kind of m- move forward in different directions when it comes to both sexually, relationships, um, car- my career. I mean, you certainly family. need to explore options. Yeah, like I everything. Mean- I think everything's kind of at this like pivotal point in my life. And it's not that I'm stuck. It's like, okay, so I'm at this place and I just kind of wanted to like 
think more deeply about my next steps, if that makes any sense. What? Amazon, yeah, Amazon.com describes it as uh, this. Uh, it says, if the Buddha got stuck, brings a perspective on inspiring story, stories and useful exercises to feel less overwhelmed by life's difficulties. Difficulties. Mm -hmm. Is that the actual word? No. no I was going <laughs> to say, that's ours. That's ours. It really is a great book. Right. Actually, to be fair, it was my nice. second time reading it. Nice. <laughs> See, I, I've, I've always, I become very dyslexic when it comes to reading. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. I could read a sentence eight times and, and it doesn't, it doesn't compute. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's why I've never been much of a reader. I have read my lifetime, maybe four books. Yeah. Tops. Well, it's actually funny that you say that because me and my brother were having this conversation the other day because I feel as though I'm slightly dyslexic when I'm writing. Not necessarily when I'm reading. Sometimes I have to go back because I've skipped words. You're gifted. But when I'm writing, I'll go back and reread it. And I'm like, oh, wait, I clearly was typing faster than my brain was going or right. vice versa. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. that all the time, except that I hit send and then I'm like, fuck. See, I don't yeah. do that anymore because I've gotten myself in trouble. Yeah, yeah I yeah. should have totally Copy and paste, <laughs> make some adjustments, but don't change the name. Whoops. Whoops, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'll tell you one time, um, I was replying to, the at the time, the president, the vice president of our union of something that happened on the floor and I was extremely like irate and I hit, I, I put in some names in the two field and I didn't realize that I used the all company like mailing. Oh, smart. Yep. And I sent the email to the entire company. That was like year two in. Um, yeah, I learned my lesson year 15. It's like, no, by the way, I have 15 years. I saw that. Congrats. August August 7th was 15 years at my current company. It's wow. insane. You're you're right behind me. You're 13. Two. Yeah, 13, 13 for you. In September, it'll be my 14th year. Right, right. Wow. No, yeah. Time flies when you're on Prozac. 13, it just yeah. all merges. 13th years this, it, this, this coming month. Right, it merges together. <laughs> yeah. I, Can you believe I, that I've been at... Schubert for a year and a half next month. Yes. Yeah, time flies. It's right. crazy. It feels like you just started. Because <laughs> well, you started in 21. Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. So, um, you know, going back to this whole book thing, I mean, you know that for me, in order for me to read something, I really have to be into it. Like, there has to be some things that trigger my interest in reading. And because I fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I read a chapter and I'm like, boom, I got to take a nap. And then when I wake up, I got to read it all over again because I forgot what I read. Yeah. It's a problem. I think it's a, it's an issue that I have. But one of the very first times that I actually read something that I really was interested in is I remember watching the first Elizabeth, the movie with Kate Blanchett. And mm -hmm. I remember being fascinated by that whole period of uh, the English monarchy. And then I went to the Yale Library and I just started reading stuff and just really educating myself on this whole thing. And it just opened up this incredible world. And then years later, the next time that I actually, one, read a book and then listened to the other two, 
along with a couple of other books was when we had Hans Hershey on, mm-hmm. on the show. I remember reading, um, you know, Stories Beneath the Rainbow, which is one of the first books that he featured on our show. Um, and then a couple of other things that he's released. And we've had a lot of authors on our show. Yeah, we have. Um, which have prompted me to get a little bit more um, in inquisitive about reading and opening my mind and then you know with my recent fascination with things like game of thrones and reading those books and Mm -hmm. then now listening to fire and blood and and the new house of the dragon so um i have to say that i'm more um in tune with with being able to read a story and conceptualize what it looks like and then what my expectations will be if they ever produce a show out of it or, or whatever it becomes um but i've been reading more um, and listening to books more, thanks to you, because you got me hooked on Audible, um, more than I care to admit. <clears throat> I mean, you shouldn't be embarrassed. And I do that at work because I know I can't take naps there. Somebody was bound <laughs> to like slap me upside the head. I literally, in the morning, I wake up and my earbuds are right by my bedside charging and I pop them in and I start listening to, I usually listen to a chapter, have my coffee right. and my breakfast, and I'm, then I get ready for work. Nice. Well, that's cute. I like it. I mean, sometimes it helps with decompression. Uh, not today. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it looks like we're on a decent trend when it comes to um, weather. Starting to get a little cooler. How does everybody feel about that? I mean, are you are are you happy that that we're about to go into fall? Are, are you a person that likes fall to begin with? Fall's my favorite season. What about you? I don't mind it. I like it. I like it. But for me, it's like certain certain things um, bother me. Allergies. Things are dying. Shit is sprouting and decomposing, and you're just breathing all that in. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of picking up leaves, and when you own a house. You know, you have to either hire someone or pick them up yourself. And that's a lot of work. And this bitch doesn't come over to help me. I have helped you. She's supervised. No. I, I <laughs> She'll stand at the top of the hill and be like, ah, oh, you missed a spot. No, I have helped you. You see how she's laughing? She knows it's true. No, I do that a lot. I know. But I yeah. have helped you. See, for me, it's for me, it's worse because my property is a corner property. So I got to pick up my backyard, my front yard and the entire perimeter of the corner because all the stuff blows over into my side and she lives in bridgeport so you know yeah. there's a couple of hookers yeah. she's got to move out of yeah, the way we gotta she's, we gotta know. move some hose over and <laughs> clean some stuff up <laughs> no you know it's it's you know it, it's all great and dandy when you own a home until you have to do the work yeah and you know <clears throat> like I remember for 2021, I hired someone to come in and do the property. I was just like, 2020, I was exhausted. I was like, I'm home. I'll do it myself. And then, you know, 2022 rolled her along. And I was like, you know, I can't afford this. Mm -hmm. So she has to go out and do it. Yep. So I'm not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to the cooler nights, being able to turn on the fire, um, the the chimenea. Yep. And, um, you know, burning all that wood from all the trees we cut down in spring. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, but nice. I am not looking forward to Oh Man Winter. Yeah. I mean, I love fall, but then also my season starts at the theater. So then it's like, oh, no, time for yourself. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you've got an interesting lineup coming up uh, this fall. So oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a great season for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's cool. What about you? Are, are you, aside from fall, are, are you a winter person? Do you like winter? I mean, who does really? I, 
I don't mind the cold weather as much. I hate having to clean up the fucking snow. That's and that's like my everybody does. Yeah, that's my main thing. If it right. wasn't for that, I don't think I'd be as I don't know. As far as driving it in, well, we have the vehicle, the right vehicles for us. That I that we do that that I could tell you a hundred percent, no issue with. Did I ever tell you the story how we ended up with the same vehicles? <laughs> you did, yeah. yeah. I took him with me to buy mine, well, and he ended up walking out of the dealer the same day with a carbon copy of my truck, except his was green and mine was silver. I was so mad at him. And he's like, I came here for me. And I was like, I didn't. I, I had oh, to wait mind a whole you, week to get my truck. Yeah, mind you, I was not shopping for a car. Nope. I was not. I took Tommy so he could look at a car. And he saw the green. And he was like, you should totally take that one. I was like, nope, I want something that has like two miles on it. And his had like 10,000 at the no, time? No, not even. It was, uh, it was, I think it was like 500. It wasn't even a thousand miles. So one of the managers was using it to get right. back and forth to the house because they allow that. How dare he? And yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I actually had my new Toyota, the the Corolla, the black car, remember? Right. That car was mint. And uh, I took him to see my, you know, my sales guy and Tommy's talking to him and he's like, you should look at it. And I just looked at the truck. He's like, you want to test drive? And I was like, no. He's like, you sure? And I was like, no, I, you know what? And he took If you give me a good deal, I'll take it. (laughs) And he did. (laughs) And And he left that dealer well before I did with my car. I had to wait a whole week to get mine. I was so mad. I was like, how dare you? But. So that's really exciting. It's a it great. Really it was a great investment. Those trucks. It been, was. It was a bromo moment. Yeah, <laughs> bromo. <laughs> Bro homo. Exactly. Yeah. Cute. So, so. <laughs> I wanted to talk about something. What you want to talk about? <clears throat> really quick. It scares I know- me when he says that. You do realize that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, no! This is fine. This is like a fun and uplifting, whatever, whatever. So, <laughs> whatever. Do you whatever. guys remember New Kids on the Block? Oh my yes. God, yes! That was your like heyday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's about to get cut. He don't even let me mute his. All mic. right. So, <laughs> who who was your favorite new kid on the block? Brian McKnight. No, sorry, that was that's another singer. Um, oh God, Jonathan Knight. Jonathan Knight. Yes, and you know he has a show. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So I just started. I, I, we're obsessed with HGTV. Yes, we are. And so he has a new show on HGTV. Mm-hmm. It's called Farmhouse Fixer. All the, the renovation. Yeah, and yeah. It, all of it takes place in New England, where right. he goes around and he fixes these farmhouses up. And I mean, his renovations are they're they're beautiful. Um, and they always kind of incorporate something special. Like there was one family that really loved you know, chickens. So they made a chicken coop. Um, one family was really interested in, or no, one family lived on a large plot of land with a lot of poison ivy and they, they liked goats and goats eat poison ivy. So he got them goats. Right. And like, there's all these like cute things that he, that he um, does throughout the, at the out throughout the show. But I didn't know that he was gay. Oh yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah, he's gay. Yeah. Stop it. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's gay. And he just married his longtime boyfriend. I was gonna say, are you Harley gonna run Rod- up there? What? Are you gonna run up there and like propose? No, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. I mean, he's, he's very attractive. Missed he's opportunity. Our era, right. Like my he's like my gay. flight. Missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but he just married his longtime boyfriend, Harley Rodriguez. Um also oh, he's into Latinos. Latinas. That means I have a chance oh. if they get divorced. And look, look at him because he is adorable. Oh, he's so cute. Mm-hmm. 
So did you notice though that he leaves a doll of himself from when he's in the New Kids on a Block on people's like properties? Like in he's done cons- that once so far. Conspicuous places. <laughs> he's done that one time. He, he one time he was working on a super fan's home, right? And went through like his like tchotchkes of like all the different stuff. Also, they still tour. Yes, they do. They they go on tour with like um, what's the other boy band? Not um, Backstreet Boys. So they had this whole boy band like extravaganza where they had the different boy bands 98 degrees backstreet boys new kids on the block um uh uh wait i can't remember what was the song um that they sang joy mcintyre is also one of the members mm-hmm. of new kids on the block he was a cutie too yeah so you got him and then lance bass was the gay one is instant gonna come out with somebody oh i don't know we'll see well wait lance bass was in sync uh, so the Backstreet, Backstreet Boys, Boys is the one it. that okay. we don't know. Right. Although I always suspected how he was, but I just don't know. Hmm. And that's okay. If he is, if he isn't, it's no big deal. Yeah. But, but I mean, interesting. Th- that's really just the story. I mean, the show is really great. If you like HGTV, um, also I love to generally support any <clears throat> LGBT artist that has a show or whatnot, but it's a great show. He's very handy, too. And mm-hmm. in the last episode that I saw, which was probably yesterday, he was doing a chicken coop, but he was doing a modern one. And so he painted it black. Oh, nice. And it looked amazing. So it was funny. So yesterday I was at an event and I saw Eric Russell, um, who is openly gay. Um, married. Married. Uh, mm-hmm. Black. And he's running for our state treasurer, won the primary, which is super right. exciting. So he's going to be on the ballot in November. Mm-hmm. And I was I was mentioning to him that, of course I do this because it's me, mm-hmm. but I was mentioning to him that I don't, I, I'll always vote in the primaries, but I don't normally stay up to watch primaries like we always watch the national election together right but like primaries i don't really necessarily watch but i stayed up to watch um and see if he was winning and then i saw that he was probably you know gonna win and i stayed up to watch his um acceptance speech and in the first like couple of seconds he said something he thanked his husband chris which was beautiful it was so beautiful and it made me tear up because we just don't see that enough the representation both in government, but also on TV. And I think that the fact that, you know, this show, even though it's HGTV and, you know, new kids on the block is referenced a lot, whatever, whatever, there are references to his, his partner and relationship. And I think that that's so powerful and, yeah, it just makes me really happy to just see more and more people um, uh, being so visible in in who they are and who they're with. And it just makes uh, it makes it feel like, you know, we're, even though it feels like we're kind of not moving in the right direction, sometimes it feels like we are. I feel like we are. And it's little things like that that, like, you right. know, they just... But I think that HGTV in general has done a really good a job of incorporating a, a, a you know a myriad of different types of people. For example, Nathan, Nate, and um, Nathan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, I like that show. I can't remember what their names are, but um, they're an amazing couple mm-hmm. that do amazing work together. Um, so you see that representation in a lot of the shows that they're producing, and I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. So on that note, uh, we do have a guest, so we're going to have to take our break and make sure that. We come back in time to welcome our guest. So uh, we'll leave you for a couple of minutes. Um, We will.
Be right back. All right. Well, ladies and gents, thank you so much for allowing us to take that break for us to refresh and do all those good things that we need to do to continue for the second half of the show, which means, you know, we have to get ourselves all, you know, restocked on our refreshments and all that good stuff and uh, make sure that we can continue. So uh, we're back and uh, I want to thank you all for allowing us once again to take that little break. And now joining us on today's episode um, is a guest. Finally, we have one. Thank you, Nick. Uh, It's about time. Uh, but we love Sorry, you. I don't do my job anymore. <laughs> Got a promotion. So we are going to be joined um, by JP Dearbogosian. I hope I said that right. Uh, he is the host of This Queer Book Saved My Life, a podcast that interviews guests from across the LGBTQ plus rainbow about queer books that saved their lives in many different aspects and in many different ways. And I want to thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. So first and foremost, uh, before we get started, um, I know I've just read your bio, a little bit of, about you, but tell us a little bit about you. Who Actually, are you? one sec. What? What? I'm Nick. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Jay. It's been a while. Hi, Jay. I'm Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Hello, and welcome to our craziness. Thank you. So we got to start with my name. Because uh, you kind of got it. Um, kind of, kind of. So the first part is dare, like truth or dare. 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 The next part is bogo, like buy one, get one. Okay. Okay. Then it's see, like I see you. And then yan, like cute yan from Norway. Okay. So, so dare, bogosian. Okay. Dare, bogosian. Perfect. Okay. We got that out of the way. I, I right? do apologize. No, I, you're good. I am it's a Latino. Armenian, like nobody, nobody can pronounce it on the first go. I am a Latino and I tend to screw up a lot of uh, things when it comes to people's names, especially last names. Look, when we started the show, he didn't know how to say LGBTQ plus. Like that was, we had to have a sign for him. <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah, he's going to get it. I mean, that was a long time ago. You've come it a was. long way. I have. I have. And I'm very proud of that. So, you know, it is it's what been it is. six years, right? Six years. Can you imagine that? Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, the, this upcoming March, it'll be year seven. Wow. And we're still not tired of it. You know, <laughs> we do this religiously, you know, week in, week out. We've taken a couple of breaks here and there, but for the most part, yeah, it's been quite a wild ride. Yeah. I went 10 weeks and then I was like, I need a break. I need a season break. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, ha- I have questions uh, regarding um, your format and how you chose to to produce your podcast, yeah, but we'll certainly get into that. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Right. Uh, so, yeah, JP Derpagosian. I host uh, this queer book, Save My Life, and I founded the Queer Armenian Library. Um, as you can tell, I like books and I like visibility of queer people. And so I'm Armenian American, and I saw no representation of queer Armenians in the world and particularly in the media. And so I did like. I've written about this, and it's taken me about four years to put together this library of literally tracking down everything that I could find on the internet, um, both in print and out of print and digital publications. And anyway, long story short, created this library so that no queer Armenian would ever have to do that again. And then after that, 
I saw the world like every queer person does going to hell. <laughs> and I thought, uh, we need to do something or what can I do? And I was feeling very drained. Um, I work in the field of equity and inclusion. That's my day job when I'm not podcasting. And I was feeling very drained doing that work. I live in Minneapolis. We were ground zero after George Floyd's murder. And so to be doing that work here was necessary, but also um, depressing and anxiety producing. And so I said, what can I, you know, working with a therapist, I'm like, what can I do here? Like, I need something that's going to fill my cup back up. And so I used to work in broadcasting many, 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 many years ago. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I know that field, but I don't want to get back into that. But I also love books. And why don't we need another podcast? I mean, there's only like a million of them. Aren't so. they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's where the, the idea came from is how can I merge my passions for both of those things and wanting to be more connected to the queer community, wanting to raise up queer voices as mm-hmm. we're, our books and our stories are being banned from schools yep. and how all this legislation is trying to ban us from, you know, ban trans kids from sports and ban doctors from uh, providing gender affirming care and all of the bans, right, that they're trying to put in place. And so right. I get a little skeptical about the straight saving us. So I said, you know, we need to save ourselves and we need to tell our stories and we have this amazing storytelling tradition and that goes even outside of books, right, with zines and oral histories and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, because I love books, I thought, well, why don't we bring people on to talk about that book that saved them, right, that saved their life in some form or feature, however they choose to define saved, which every guest so far has defined that differently. Mm-hmm. And then the next step of that was, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could bring the author on, right, and have a conversation like the three of us? And that was like, a, oh, yeah, well, maybe. I don't know if that'll actually happen. And so we started getting some guests, and they started telling us our books. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try it. I want to see if I can get these authors. And they said yes. So a number of a huge authors. I still can't believe the authors that I've said yes and I've gotten to talk to. So. That was a really long answer. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's so my it's turn perfect. to be the guest, and so it's I'll an just amazing go thing at this point. So. so, tell me, like, so this is your first season. Tell mm-hmm. me, what was the most impactful um, moment on your show? Whether it was with an author, or what, whether it was with a guest who was telling you about their experience with a book. Um, I don't know if you listened to the first half of our show, but um, I love queer books like that's all i listen to or read um and i I mean i love the concept of your show so i'm wondering like what was like the most impactful moment for you so far oh am i gonna be that guy and it's like they're all impactful (laughs) i will share some okay the second episode was with uh gary nygaard and he was talking about james baldwin's Giovanni's room, right? Which I was excited. I'm like, well, here's a classic, right, of queer literature. And as we were getting into it, I was like, oh, can you kind of unpack what's what's happening here for me? Because you kind of have this take on the the characters that you're like, hmm, I don't really like them. And he goes, oh yeah, no, I didn't. He's like, this was a roadmap of exactly what I didn't want to do, who I didn't want to become. And I was not expecting that for someone to come onto the show and talk about a book that saved their life by showing them exactly what not to do. And so that was really, that was a moment of like, oh, wow, I hadn't even thought, I thought the books were going to be 
this is what to do. This is how to love. These are how to make good choices. And he looked at Giovanni's room and he's like, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> That's interesting, though, because, you know, you often try to to be selective of the people that come on the show. We do it. Um, and you know, try to make sure that the content that we're about to provide, um, one meets our standards that, you know, we think it's going to be something that our listeners are going to want to listen to. And often you get what you, you look for, right? You want people to talk about, you know, their, their favorite authors or authors that inspired them to do things in ways that are favorable, but very seldom do you get individuals that they're not, you know, blaming the author in any way, but totally surprise you with, you know, I read the book, I loved it, but it was really a description of everything I just didn't want to be. And, and I think that is genius. Yeah. Yeah. And even the story of how, which is the story of so many folks on the show. And there was one Zaylor Stout. uh, He's a lawyer, author in his own right, really good book. um, Our Gay History in 50 States is the book that he wrote, but he was talking about how he said he had he identifies as black and he's like they don't teach black history in schools he's like but i grew up in a black home and so i was able to get my culture and my history at home but he said as a gay man and as a gay kid i didn't get that i had to go out into the world and find that and you know he was telling a story about how when he was in high school he was a poet and he was literally combing the library for anything right that was that was queer or gay to try to find his stories, to find out um, who he was. And I thought that was a really beautiful way of putting the conundrum that we all face, right, as queer uh, persons that we are, unless we're lucky to have, right, a sibling or to have a parent, right, who may be, you know, bi or pan or ace, um, that, you know, we have to go looking for it. We have to find our stories. Mm -hmm. And that it's tough. It's tough, right, to do that. I think another moment that was really impactful for me was the episode with Ellie Krug and Jenny Finney Boylan. And Ellie is in her own right. She's amazing. She's the first trans woman, well, first transgender person to argue as a lawyer, argue in front of the Iowa Supreme court. Right. So she's history making in and of herself. And she read Jenny's memoir of Jenny's transition. And she said it was just a a wake up call, like to pivot Finally, in her life and all of the things like how how Jenny went through um, the different stages of her transition, uh, including medical transition. And then Ellie was sharing that journey. But she said, you know, as I'm reflecting on it and she said this in the show, she's like, you know, you really didn't your book didn't really save my life. It helped me save my own life. Yeah. And I just loved that moment of her being able to tell Jenny that as well. Right. In the in the in the show that. How did she put it? I'm so lucky I was able to be brave. That's the episode title. And I just, that was such a, there's moments on the show where I, I turn my mic off and I'm like, just yeah, <laughs> keep well, it together. I know. I just right. cry on air, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, and I record it on video and then uh, I throw it out there. In the, and when she yeah. started doing video, I was like, really, do we have to do this? Because I'm an ugly crier. Like, it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, 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 we've that. all done it. No. <laughs> you know? I remember, um, you know, when Pulse happened, right, mm. we were devastated that our community was affected in such a way and where we felt that our safe spaces were no longer safe, right? And that we had to have 
20 eyes all around us anywhere we walked because those perceived safe spaces were no longer safe. Mm -hmm. We initiated a entire series for 49 episodes called angels and assholes. We would feature and talk about one of the victims of of pulse. And then we would shame senators that voted against sensible gun control reform. And we did this for 49 episodes and featured an artist, Melissa Etheridge, came on to talk about her song, Pulse, um, because she had written a song two days after the event happened. Yeah, yeah. And every single time we started reading about these individuals, it was waterworks yeah. for us. And it, it, yeah. was, it was one of the most powerful segments I think we've ever done. And I think actually leading me into my next thought or question for you is when we did that segment, for me, it almost solidified our show, our relationship. It was that first, like, oh, my God, this means something to people. We're right. doing something. And, right. and it means something to us. And I'm already getting teary. I don't know if you can tell. Don't cry. But that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, I guess my, my thought for you is through your first season, I know we all get feedback. Some's great. Some's not so great. I get slammed sometimes. It's fine. But what is some of the feedback that you've got from your listeners that's kind of been like, pushing you to keep going the main feedback i would say i get is that people hear a show and then they reach out and they tell me what their book is and they don't realize that i'm then gonna say well now you're coming on the show (laughs) so i think that what what i love about that is that they're hearing the episode and something is getting Maybe triggers the wrong word, but there something's getting is setting them off and going, oh, this is my book and I want to tell my story. Or I even get people that are like, I couldn't even um, they reach out to me and they say, I don't even know what book I would choose. And I'm like, you don't have to pick like one. You have lots of stories. Right. I mean, if you want to be on the show, you have to pick one. But, you know, it's really the most interesting feedback I've gotten is when people either unsolicited or otherwise come up to me virtually or otherwise and they start telling me their story. And I just take that to mean even if they're not even talking about the episode they listened to, something resonated with them and they right. want to tell their story and they need to be heard. And I think that's another thing that I like about the format is that both the guest and the writer can be heard, right? And, right. and the why they wrote the book and why they read the book and what it meant for them and how they were changed by it. But otherwise, the feedback is just kind of the standard, you know. I mean, I don't know how to do – I mean, I'm, I guess I'm really lucky. I only have like 24 – folks have put reviews on Apple podcasts and they were all like five stars. And I'm like, isn't that like a standing of like in Minnesota, everybody gets a standing ovation when they do anything. Like you can go to like the worst show and like everybody gets a standing ovation. So I'm like, I don't know how to deal with the reviews right now. (laughs) Uh, Well, well, the amazing thing is that you created a space for these people to come and say, Hey, um, although I may have not read the book that you're talking about in this episode, here's my story. You've created a space for people to actually approach you and you've opened the doors for people to be able to do that. And that is the beauty of podcasting. A lot of people don't realize is that when you start talking about things, sometimes your audience, your audiences find you, or sometimes you find your audience uh, in the, in the sense that you're allowed to, to have an opinion and dissect that and talk about things that impact people in the world and things that are happening all around us. And eventually people find you. And like Nick said, we've had a lot of great things said. We've had not so good things said about us and Mm -hmm. it's okay. It happens. We, we roll with the punches. It's mainly about me though. 
I yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, it, it's <laughs> it when I get on my soapbox yeah. and start talking about crazy shit. Yeah, and and it happens. But my question for you is: so you you created this format. You're doing a, a seasonal podcast. You wrapped up season one. Um, I believe it was ten episodes, right? Yes. And why did you decide to do a seasonal podcast versus an episodic podcast and where you're creating content every week? Do you, do you think that um, that would be too much or are you doing exactly what you set out to do? Well, the episodic weekly was the plan, but I have a day job and, <laughs> and I thought I was trying to get like three months ahead of schedule. And what I ended up doing was recording three months worth of episodes. Uh, but they're, I do a lot of editing in there and there's a lot of other things. And so I found it was taking me up to about eight to 10 hours an episode and I didn't get ahead of schedule as much as I should have. And so then I was like cranking one out like week after week after week. And one of my partners is, uh, I just stepped up and is now my producer uh, to help me out. And and he's like, you, we we can't, you're burning out here. We need to take a break. And so I said, yep. We're going to hit 10 episodes, we're doing a season break, and we're going to regroup here. And so when we debut the second season on October 4th, we are going to be ahead of schedule. So hopefully um, that will mean that we are more sustainable moving into the future. But the the goal is to be ultimately weekly. Um, but it's quite I have an to interesting stop working. Thing. But the podcasting doesn't make me money yet. So. Right. <laughs> doesn't ever. Um, uh, but I will tell you that um, for us, that's the whole reason why we said, you know what, we're going live. We're going to do it live, nonstop, one run. What said is said. We don't edit. We go straight through, and yeah. we say hello. We say goodbye. We cut the episode, we, we publish it, and there it is. And uh, it is uh, allowed us, in a sense, to step up our game, right? Come to the show, no dead air. I was listening to your recap of your season, and you were talking with your producer and your partner, and you were talking about, you know, how you like to make sure things, you know, there's no ums and no this and no that. And, and, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we're on point. (laughs) And I kept thinking to myself, those are the things that we had to work through while we were on air. If you listen to some of our early stuff back in 2016 versus what we're doing now, we are like completely different, but you know, it's like we made a We made a conscious decision. If we don't want to sit here and edit for eight hours, which we've done before, which we used to do in the beginning, we need to do it live. We need to bring our a game and we need to do what we have to do. And we've been doing that ever since. Yeah. It's insane. That's great. Yeah. We did a live event last Wednesday. So a week ago today. And that was, um, <laughs> intimidating, was, isn't it? That was to do it live for the first time and to do it in front of an audience. I thought, oh boy. Um, cause there's sometimes where I get going and I, ha- I don't like try to be Terry gross about it. Like I have a list of questions, but I also kind of just want the conversation to go where the conversation goes. And what I like about the recording is that I can kind of pause and think about, okay, I've asked those questions. Okay. Actually where I want to go is this way. And that works when you're recording it. But when you're suddenly in front of an audience and you've paused and like afterwards, my partners were like, were you OK? Like you really kind of felt like you lost track there. And I'm like, no, I was just I was thinking. <laughs> right. So, 
Well, I mean, the good thing I, I would say about about our show is there's always somebody to pick up pick up the ball that's dropped. You know what I mean? So it, like we'll get through something and then it'll be like this moment and then all of a sudden we're on a new topic. Right. But, but I lately the I feel I'm like, like no dead air. But no dead air. Lately I feel like we just don't shut up. It, we, we do that well, um, but, I, but what I, I like, but what I like, if I can say, because I've heard podcasts, like I've obviously been like listening up uh, for prepping today, and actually I really like it, and I want to know this forty nine episode. Um, let, let me know what that is. Like I want to promote that because uh, that's why a I want to listen to all of them, but b I also want to get the word out about that because that sounds phenomenal. And I think I just lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. no! What I like about your <laughs> set is that it doesn't feel like you're talking all over each other. Like there's some other like group multiple host podcasts where I'm like, someone just, y'all, some of y'all need to shut up <laughs> and let someone talk. Um, so I really appreciate how you all like talk with each other and it just feels very fluid and natural and in depth too. You're very thoughtful about it while being funny, which I also appreciate. And, and, and we try to, and, but don't, don't get us wrong. There's some secret pinches <laughs> under the desk, like, <laughs> or text d- messages or text messages, or, you know, I'm on the computer like guys and we need to, you know, wrap it up, <laughs> move it along. Um, it, and it happens and it's just beautiful, but we're not here to talk about us. We're here no, to talk about 100%. You. So and it's I, about community. I want to, I know you have a very important question that you want to ask, but I, before we get into that, I want to ask you what, the book was that saved your life you took my question oh i thought your question was something different no that was it but go ahead sorry (laughs) you have another question question? no i do yeah you did we'll get there yeah we'll get there there. (laughs) Uh, the book uh that saved my life is a home at the end of the world by michael cunningham it is a novel that was published in the early 90s And the reason why I say it saved my life is that when I first read it, there's these three characters, Bobby, Jonathan, and Claire. And Bobby and Jonathan meet when they're in like middle school. And I really identified with Jonathan. And then I was like super attracted to Bobby. I was like, why didn't I have a friend like Bobby when I was in high school who could just, you know, get me high and, you know, (laughs) be subversive, right, in that way. And then like listen to rad music and wear, you know, hippie clothes and all of that fun. And then they, um, you know, Bobby's about trying to find home. And I think that really resonated with me about where, like, trying to find home. And Jonathan moves to New York. And then Bobby follows after him. And Jonathan uh, is roommates with Claire, who's amazing. Um, Just this really interesting character. And what ends up happening along the novel, and I don't want to give too many spoilers, is that Bobby, Jonathan, and Claire end up having a poly relationship. And they move out into... Um, outstate New York. Oh, they Woodstock. They moved to Woodstock, which is Bobby's idea, and it'll make sense when you when you read the book. And I highly recommend it. That was the first time I'd ever heard about Polly, saw it, and I still, when I go back and read this book, it ultimately didn't end up working out, which I don't think is a spoiler. And I get really angry because every time I read the book, I'm like, "Come on, you're gonna figure it out this time. You're gonna make you're it cheering work." Cheering for them. You're cheering for them. Right. And and then, of course, they don't. I get angry all over again. But it created this mental map for me about what I would want in a poly relationship. And when did I first read this book? 23, 24, maybe in there. And when I was 29, I met my two partners, Jim and Gordy. And it just 
I had that basis for understanding what a poly relationship could be, how I would want to approach that. And that relationship saved my life. It absolutely saved my life. But I don't think that I would have gotten there if I hadn't read A Home at the End of the World. And also, like, being able to be a queer person just living day to day. That's what I also loved about the novel is that it's just queer people living day to day and there's not the drama of coming out. There's not the drama of, you know, um, physical abuse or a physical violence because right. You're, you're gay. It did obviously in the early nineties, there's an HIV storyline right. uh, threaded throughout there, but it was just really lovely about how they were creating home and how they thought about that. And that just really impacted me on a very profound level so that when I did meet Jim and Gordy, it just, I was prepared and open to it in a way that I don't think I would have been because I had some language and I had mm. some um, ideas of how those types of relationships should work. So, right. that Which is was going to be my question. My life. I wanted to ask awesome. about, because you also mentioned that on uh, w- while you're describing how your season went and what you thought your best moments were and, you know, your favorite uh, parts of, of, of your interviews, you described the fact that you're in a poly relationship and that you had two partners and, and I was very interested in, in, in knowing how that shapes out in your creative process. You have one partner that's actively engaged in helping you produce the show. Um, and, and that's incredible to have support from so many different uh, spaces and people. But also to have, you know, we, we always talk about representation in our right. community, um, whether it's gay, lesbian, bi, trans. But we, I rarely hear people talking about being gay and poly. You know what I mean? We don't, those conversations don't happen. And and I think that that representation is so important. So being able to be so open about it, it's, it's kind of pivotal for the community. I think, I think a part of that also has to do with, I mean, I think the stigma poly is always assumed, you know, Mm. the third wheel, (laughs) it's the same thing with bisexuality, you know, it's, you're not bi, you're you're gay. You just don't know it. Right. You know, it's the same. It's yeah. the same thing. They don't. I I have a friend that that was in a poly relationship for several years, um, you know, and and they were doing fine, and then eventually, you know, it didn't work out, and they went their separate ways. But yeah. it it's possible. And then you have the other people that just want to have fun, mm-hmm. and it, right. and and <laughs> it's easy to blur that those lines get blurred so easily. Right. But also you have to think about, you know, the social, um, the social pressures of, you know, people thinking that you should only be in a committed relationship and it should only be with one other person. And, you know, anything other than that is you being disingenuous with your relationship Mm. or being, you know, um, in a sense, um, not being truthful or faithful to your partner when there's a myriad of, of different types of relationships that exist in the world. And, and I just find it amazing when someone can articulate that and just be so open about it and teach people. And you're saying this book opened your eyes in a way that allowed you to actually embrace that in your current phase of life. And it's just beautiful. And I was going to actually ask you about it, but then you know you segued right into like, it. So perfectly. I was like, that was this right. question. <laughs> I was like, That's I don't have it. to ask the question anymore. But I, I just think it's wonderful, and I think that um, we all need to be brave. We all need to tell our stories and and you know love who we love, and people either can accept that or not. But in the end. That's not going to affect us. I mean, or I still, it shouldn't. I still think there's a question in there, though. I mean, like, 
if you're willing, I know it's very personal, but if you're willing to talk about it, you have this platform. Um, this is the book that saved your life. I mean, what does it mean to you to be able to share that uh, with with your listeners and with the world? I mean, people don't get to hear hear about poly relationships as much as we should in general. I'm not sure I follow the question. Like right so, now, how, like, how does it feel? Like, what does it mean to you? Like, like what does like being being able to share that on your platform mean to you? No, there isn't a lot of poly representation. I think this might be, you know, it's interesting now that I'm reflecting on it. I haven't really gone out searching for a lot of poly representation, but I can't imagine there's a lot. And of my reading, this is the only novel or a book otherwise nonfiction or fiction that I've read that's had a poly relationship in it. Hmm. Maybe I'm not as widely read as I thought I was, but <laughs> I, I just think maybe this is an opportunity I'm sorry if for I you, you. That wasn't my intention for you to um, perhaps take an episode of your show and talk about that and break that down and and you know. And, and I think say, I want a guest host for that. I'll do it. Okay, there you go. He's willing. Well, no. we got to get Michael Cunningham to be on the show too. So, and okay. if we can get Michael Cunningham, I probably will just pack it up at that point and be like, <laughs> "Done all we can do for this podcast. We've had Michael. Goodbye." <laughs> I I think it's wonderful. I think uh, the work that you're doing is creative. It is unique. Uh, it provides a space for people to come and talk about you know very delicate things in in most cases. Um, because, you know, when you talk about what inspires you to be you, there's a lot of things to unpack there. Yeah. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of, uh, you know, travels that we have to take many forks that we've got to make decisions on. I, I need to go left. I need to go right. And, and what if I don't do either? What if I just stay where I am? Um, and, and when you're making those kind of decisions and when you're thinking about unpacking a lot of that as you say on in your show, you know, you, you have to unpack those feelings. And, and when you give someone an opportunity, not only to tell their story, but to share that story with the person who wrote the book, that is powerful. That is some really powerful stuff. It's incredible. It is. I recommend the, I mean, obviously I recommend all my episodes, but <laughs> the one with uh, Laura Lillybridge and Alison Bechtel, because there's this moment. So Laura Lillibridge is an author in her own right, nonfiction. And at one point when she was writing her memoir about her queer family that was difficult, right, growing up, her queer family. And Alison Bechtel, Fun Home, is all about this, you know, difficult family that she grew up in. And, and there was also queer. And Laura was literally telling us about how she'd write and then go to bed at night and just stare at the ceiling going, Allison told her story and lived. Allison told her story and lived. Allison told her story and lived. It's going to be okay. And Allison heard that and was like, oh, wow. And so they had this really lovely moment talking about how they navigated family politics and telling their moms about writing their books. So it was really, it's a really interesting exchange between the two of them of how they went about doing that, how they kept themselves going in doing that. And it was, there's been a couple times where you'll, you'll see in the, in the episodes where you can tell that I just turned my mic off because (laughs) 
<laughs> I just disappear as the host completely from an episode because I'm like, just go, just talk, just have this conversation. I want to create, I'm always hoping to create that moment for the guest to have that time with this person that had such an amazing impact on their life. And I also think it's important for the authors. I'm sure they are inundated with people all the time. They're talking about, I loved your book. I loved your book. But to sit down with a person and listen to them, spell it all out and then be able to interact with them, I think is, has been powerful for the authors as well. So Right. Or at least I hope so. That's why they keep saying yes to being on the show. I mean, I see that as a trifecta. You're you're getting to do the work that you love. They're getting to um, you know, see what the work that they've done, um, how that has impacted others, and those that have been impacted by such works are being able to vocalize. You're creating space, and that's a beautiful thing. That's an amazing thing. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'd be the one guest on the show though that would be like so why the fuck did you do this? Like that decision was uh, not okay. He would. Absolutely. Absolutely. She I, should still be alive and they should be together. I, oh, I love that. Totally see it. Totally see it. So um, a question for you. So you decided to go currently um, seasonal. When do you expect your next season to come out? October 4th. Oh, nice. And it's already recorded? Say again? It's already recorded? Yes. So our season premiere is going to be, our guest is going to be Joe Perazzo, who is talking about Breaking the Service, Breaking the Surface by Greg Luganis. And Greg joins us for the episode. So, Do you know who uh, Greg Luganis is? I don't. He's an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Four-time gold medal winning Olympic He's athlete. a swimmer, right? Greatest diver of yeah. all time. He actually had an accident while he was competing. Yeah, he's doing uh, that in his head, time. right? Mm-hmm. Right. And he, yeah. he was HIV positive. positive. At the time. Yeah, it was all over the news. I remember. And that. Oh, it was a big thing. It was about, a big yeah. thing. Um, you know, and he obviously, that wasn't the way that, you know, the world should have found out that he was HIV positive, but it was. And it was very traumatic for him. Um, you know, but there was a lot of backlash and we're talking about, you know, early nineties. Um, so, you know, I was around, you were around, you understand the, the logistics of, of what HIV and AIDS was then, uh, compared to what it is now, mm-hmm. but that's going to be powerful. That's insane. Yeah. He had to do his coming out stories with Oprah and Barbara Walters. Right. So that mm. was something else. Something I will say that it's still sitting with me is that when he decided to write his memoir, the publisher, and I'm, I'm blanking on who the publisher is, had a writer write with him. And it wasn't a ghostwriting because uh, Eric is, is uh, credited on the book. Um, and Greg didn't know this until afterwards that the publisher was pushing Eric, the co-writer, hard to get the book out within 12 months because the publisher was like, Greg is probably going to be dead because it was the 90s. And so they're like, so they were pushing him to get this book out. And so all this time, I'm like, it was just the, the way that the book came about and was written. It was just really, really fascinating um, to hear that story. That's insane. Well, my friend, I believe that we are getting Tom, to the end me. of our time. What was that? It's me. It's you. Yeah. I mean, obviously I always make everything go longer than it should go. <laughs> no, 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 it's <laughs> Obviously amazing, but I do want you to please um, pimp yourself. Tell us how our listeners can reach out to you. Tell us where, you know, your website, your your social medias, all that good stuff. 
No, I, I actually, like, I want to talk about one more thing. Oh. <laughs> if that's okay with you. Uh, of course. Go for it. Go for Go it. For so it. I want to talk about the queer Armenian library. I oh, want to yeah. dive a little bit deeper into that. So have you had any authors on that you showcase on the website? Yes, two of them. Yeah. Uh, so nice. our premiere episode featured Nancy Gabian as the guest, and she was talking about Carmen Marie Machado's uh, In the Dream House. But Nancy is, I mean, she's a Lambda Literary Award. I mean, she won the Jean Cordova Prize a couple years ago. Like, she's an author in her own right, but she... Her book was actually very influential on me. Her memoir, Me as Her Again, was the first book that was ever published by a person identifying as bisexual and Armenian. And then, sorry, I keep hitting my microphone. Bad podcast, head guest. Oh, you're um, fine. The second author was Michael Barakiva, which was our season finale. Oh, I just realized I bookend the first season of the whole season with queer Armenians. <laughs> uh, but the season finale was with Michael Barakiva. Uh, he was the guest talking about Dreadnought um, by April Daniels. So that was the author. But he wrote One Man Guy and Hold My Hand, which are the – he is the first uh, Armenian-American uh, to write uh, YA fiction with a gay Armenian protagonist in them. So they were both um, history makers in their own right. And I, if you like YA fiction – love love um like if you like heartstopper you will love one man guy i mean it is just it's a mm. delight it's one of those books that i thought why didn't i have this when i was in high school um and nancy's memoir as well being her again is is phenomenal yeah no i mean the only reason i wanted to kind of like highlight it a little bit is because it's actually very um in depth there's a lot of literature on uh, on the website, and it brings you to everything else that the author writes. And then also on your podcasting website, you highlight all the books. You can actually go there, click on them, and then buy the book right there, which is – it's amazing. It's like creating access to books that a lot of people didn't know existed, which I just think is beautiful. Thank you. Um, I Because of the work on the Queer Armenian Library, I actually got to be on the board of the International Armenian Literary Alliance, who has been super uh, great. It's the first nonprofit ever devoted to Armenian writers, and they were being very intentional. Both Nancy and I are on the board, and they were like, we want to support queer Armenian writers. And the story has a point, because we ended up hosting the first ever reading well, not, yeah, ever global reading of queer Armenian authors. And people were, it was on Zoom, and people were messaging me during the event, and they're like, I have never been in a room with just queer Armenians before. And that was wild to me. To the, and there was people, like, tearing up afterwards and staying with me on the on the Zoom call after it was over because they're like, I just thought I was only the, the only one, right? And we had authors, too, that we had a panel the week after that, um, of we called it firsts, right? That all these authors that had written first, right? So Nancy was there and Michael was there, and all of them were like, "I just thought I was the only one writing. Wow. Didn't even realize there were other books like this." You're and, becoming a super connector. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's and like I don't uh, like when I do interviews. It kind of sounds like it's all about me, but I, for me, I'm like it's the light. You know, I like I want folks to connect to the books. I want folks to connect to each other. And actually, with the library, we're bringing on an editor because I literally have no time anymore. So Natalie Cruz, if you're listening, uh, she's going to be the new editor for the Queer Armenian Library, and she's going to help out with adding new materials. She has a whole vision for adding art um, to it as well. 
so I'm really I'm really excited for what's going to happen next with the library because I literally haven't added anything like all year and it's starting to stockpile. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so you know, it's not all about you. Clearly, I mean, everything you Please. do is about everyone else. So right. yeah, you're a super connector and you have a great podcast, but you're doing amazing work that's needed to be done for both the Armenian community and the gay community. So thank you. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for the kind words. That's nice. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So pimp yourself. Pimp Tell yourself. us, pimp yourself. Give us all the information, <laughs> all the, uh, all the social media connections, people, you know, like to reach out and do all that good stuff. So yeah, there's too many social media things. So the podcast is at uh, This Queer Book on Twitter and Instagram. And the website is thisqueerbook.com where you can uh, get transcripts. We try to make it accessible. So transcripts for all of the shows are there. Uh, episodes rather are there. You can find the links to buy the books. And then me personally, um, I'm at JP Derbogosian uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook page for the podcast. I think if you just go to facebook.com slash this queer book, I don't, I'm not on Facebook or I hate it, but my partner is, and I think he, he just manages the page for me. <laughs> it's one of those things that he does that I don't have to deal with. Um, and then queerarmenianlibrary.com and on Twitter and Instagram, uh, the handles are at read the Q A L read the Q A L. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, my friend, as we mentioned before, let me, let me try this again. JP. Right? Dear Bogosian. Perfect. Oh, thank God. Thank I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on our show and talk about your amazing podcast and the great work that you're doing in our community. You're more than welcome to join us whenever you'd like. Uh, if you want to come back and talk about season two when it's done and over with and do a recap, we're more than welcome uh, to do that anytime. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the work that you've been doing for six years. I've been really enjoying getting to know your back catalog. And I cannot wait to hear the the 49 episodes. That's going to be really amazing. I'll definitely send that over your way. I'll give you, uh, you know, the where to go and find all the episodes that are cataloged on the website. Um, but definitely, we would definitely do that. Wonderful. Yeah, and hold a spot for me in season three. <laughs> oh no totally yeah you have my email we'll make that happen you're okay. gonna need an entire season just for him Maybe. Just letting you Maybe. Know. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it <laughs> well my friend thank you very much uh enjoy thank the you. rest of your evening and uh we'll we'll be in touch okay bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. Well, ladies and gents, that, of course, um, I can't believe I finally got it right. That was J.P. Darebogosian, uh, who joined us to talk about his podcast, This Queer Book Saved My Life. Uh, um, I am just going to continue to listen to it. Obviously, I'm going to be excited for season two. And um, we've come to the end of our show for today. And as always, Trish, with her one more question. Um, which it was I, an important one. It was. It was. And I love you for it because, you know, sometimes things when you're doing a live version, see, this is I, sometimes I think to myself, maybe we should go pre-recorded. And then I think to myself, it's like, yeah, no, that would be so much work for you. You would hate your life. I probably would. It's like you already hate your already life. Hate <laughs> I don't hate my life. No, but JP really said like he really put it into perspective. I have a job. And. Yeah. Taking eight hours to That's edit. why we switched to Wednesdays. We're gonna handle the episode, Monday. <laughs> um it is tough. It's it's just incredible now. But I'm super happy that you booked him. Super happy that he came out on the show and um really excited to see what they come up with. Yeah. So great stuff. All right. Well, I'm gonna toss it over to my children in the studio. 
my babies, my my brothers. That's Oliver. No, don't don't they'll start <laughs> my, barking. Yeah, my bromos. <laughs> my bromos. I'll <laughs> toss it over to Trish. Of course, she's got Mama Kim's minute coming for you. So here we go. Yep. Oh, wait, wait, wait. All right, she needs, everyone. She needs it again. All right, everybody. Here's Mama Kim's minute. Number one: LGBTQ slang, exploring outdated and modern queer slang. Number two, American Idol phenomenon Sanjaya comes out as bisexual. Yas queen. Number three, Pete Buttigieg, love you, sends heartwarming letter to gay teen activists in Florida. Number four, fucker, Tucker Carlson suggests Biden uh, administration puts chemicals in milk to turns that turns kids <laughs> trans. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. Watch Fox News. So that first story, the LGBTQ slang one exploring outdated modern queer slang, I feel like we're probably need to like freshen up on that because yeah. we may be like outdated. Like we, you're definitely outdated. Yeah, you know what's fun- You crack. know what's funny that that um, <laughs> yesterday I was watching something and and uh, in reference to the uh, upcoming indictment possible. Uh, of this asshole god i hope but there was a a snippet of another video that popped up you know how you get those quick commercials right and and one of the republican party's candidates were saying that they put chemicals in the waters that turns frogs gay frogs (laughs) so now you know there are some frogs in the world who do have that automatically yeah automatically uh, change their sex when there's no males in the vicinity or females yeah they just transform like oh you're not here to give me some i'm gonna give it to myself and then i'm gonna reproduce yeah but anyhow i want to be that human i i see that you know the whole chemicals and milk and that's the first thing i recalled and i was like oh god chemicals and milks now we're gonna have gay daisy cows yeah you know that. i mean it wouldn't be a bad thing we can talk about gay cows on the show right yeah sure gay bulls (laughs) okay i mean or gay cows right it's all fair game. They all come in all types. <laughs> I can't with them. All right. Um, well, I'm going to toss it over to you. Tell us uh, what we have on On This Day in Gay History. All righty then. And brought to you by Gay Talk 2.0. No, I think today it's going to be brought to you by our uh, this, queer. this queer book saved my life. That's right. By JP. Oh, Dare Bogosian. Dear Bogosian. Dare Bogosian. Dare Bogosian. Like Dare Bogo. Yeah. Dare Bogosian. There you go. There we go. Took me a couple of tries, you know. We got this. So on this day in gay history, 31st in 2001. 30, so 30, the 31st, August 31st, 20, 2001 <laughs> in Canada. I love messing with him. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Canada. Oh, boy. The Canadian Human Rights Tribunal concludes that Section 30 and 31 of the Correctional Service of Canada constitute discrimination on the bias of sex and disability with regard to the Canadian Human Rights Act, Section 30 and 31, had led to Cynthia Kavanaugh, a trans male to female who has sent, who had been sentenced to life imprisonment for murder in 89, being sent to this institution for men prohibiting prohibited sex reassignment surgery for her despite the trial's judge's recommendation interesting so that's a lot of yeah sorry it was a it was a mouthful that was a big one holy crap yeah it was the only one we had today 
Sorry, Jay. No, that, that's okay. That, that sounded bad. I gotta <laughs> practice next time. That was a lot of stuff in there. It, it's our it's our, it's our Guatemalaness. <laughs> yeah, that's what la, my Puerto Ricanness. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, I want to say stuff in Spanish. All the I want to go. Spanish. Well, we think in two languages. That's, that's important problem. for people to recognize. <laughs> yeah. We think in two, and we speak in like five. We speak none. <laughs> we speak none correctly, neither English or Spanish. Well, it is what it is. it is. Ladies and gents, thank you so much for watching our show tonight. You can subscribe to the show. Uh, by doing so, you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your web browser or your favorite device as soon as our episodes are published. You can also support us on Patreon, which allows you, our listeners, to support the show with a monetary donation, which we collect monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more um is that really happening next week that's why it says we're working on it okay Okay, so next week we may or may not have a g-spot for you guys Mm -hmm. with dr g and again may or may not (laughs) with the day change uh we are trying to reconfirm and reconfigure schedules right it's it's just you know stay tuned you'd be surprised how much (laughs) a movement of a day or two can, has to can to, impact the show right it's it's insane but we'll work on it all right trish you want to try that yeah sure all right thank you thank you thank you to our guest i haven't said that in so long thank you thank you thank you to our guest um jp dare bogosian uh, yes! host of this queer book saved my life and creator of the queer armenian library which is amazing all right creator Cre- i mean no not creator that should be curator shouldn't it and creator. creator. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Man's worked hard. Awesome. Yeah. He's earned yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to toss it over to my queen because here's Nick with a weekly reminder for all you bottoms out there who want to keep their buttholes on point. Yes, we are talking about future message. message. Method. Method. See, enunciate, Tom. Let me give you some love. Thank you, Tom. Fairy dust, fairy dust, fairy dust. All right, everybody. Get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. The first-of-its-kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today. And you can get the powder version now, too. Mm-hmm. For your travel kit. That's oh, right. And it's a nice For you kid. traveling queens who want to go out there and don't No, Ma, carry. put that down. <laughs> Ma, don't put that in your coffee. That's not That's sugar so and it's certainly not cream. Get out of my dop kit. <laughs> Jay? And as always, we would like to put a ring on it. A ring on it? And I never understood why we said ring. Why do we say ring? She oh. always forgets. Your age is catching up. I'm you telling doing? you. Oh, okay. You Don't forgot, blame my age. You forgot about the cock ring? Oh, the cock. Oh, oh. Wait, still he, have it on? No, he had it on. And right before you pl- press record, he took it off in front of us. And I was like, did that just happen? He's like, yeah, it was too tight. He yeah. is nasty. Was nasty, 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 nasty. <laughs> and our show is available on our website, <laughs> gaytalk20.com, under our audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. You can find us on social media, Facebook. Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0, Twitter at Gay Talk 20. You can email us at Gay Talk 2.0 at GayTalk20.com. Tom, enunciate. Do you see me? I'm over here touching my computer screen thinking it's going to move it's everything move up. Everything. All right, then just good luck. 
Right. Well, <laughs> if you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website, click on the Contact Us tab. There you can uh, leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host. You can also submit a form to be a guest on our show. You can also call us and leave us a question via voice message. We can answer those for you on the show. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. And if you need all those digits, it is 334-429-8255. Don't forget that we do stream live every Wednesday, our new Wednesdays, uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can access that live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. With that, ladies and gents, that is our show. Thank you. And y'all have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.